In the third session on our series of studies on the parables of Jesus, we are going to look at the parable of the mustard seed. The mustard seed. Remember, these are all called as kingdom parables, and all these are speaking in some way to farming. We looked at the first one, parable of the soils. Then we looked at the parable of the weeds or the tares. And this evening we are looking at the parable of the mustard seed. Remember, they were a farming community. So Jesus, when he spoke about illustrations, it was illustrations that they were familiar with. And he took upon that particular illustration. And you know, when you looked at the meaning of a parable, to throw alongside. So here's the illustration, here's the meaning. So that every time they saw that particular incident or that particular event or that particular situation, or in this particular case, it would be all these farming episodes, then they would be immediately able to reconnect and say, hey, this is what Jesus told us about this particular thing. <laughs> so this evening, we're looking at the parable of the mustard seed. It is found in three uh, gospel passages. This evening, we are looking at from Matthew 13, 31, and 32. This is what it reads. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. And through this parable, <coughs> Jesus explains this understanding about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of, the parable of the soil spoke about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God being like the good soil that produced crop. When you looked at the parable of the weeds, we spoke about how the enemy sows these stairs or weeds so that you know they would try and choke up the good seed that has sprouted out. Now here we are looking at the kingdom of God, which is like a mustard seed, small beginnings, but it grows up big. So let's consider some details about this parable. First of all, the mustard seed or the plant itself. Okay, This plant itself is known for its hot-flavored seeds. We speak about mustard oil, we speak about mustard. It is used in cooking very much. You know, and this was a common everyday plant that was available in that particular area. And among seeds sown in a garden, it was generally the smallest. Okay. To calculate the size of a mustard seed, <laughs> the mustard seed is so small that if you were to take one gram of the mustard seed, it would have 750 of them. I'm sure when you go to the market and say, I want a quarter <laughs> kilo, 250 grams or 100 grams, you get quite a few small, small you know, rye or mustard seeds in that. One single gram contains 750. 50 of them. Now, Jesus was not making a scientific statement. Now, some people will say, look at the mustard seed is not the smallest seed. And then they will begin to argue to say, hey, look at the Bible is not accurate. Now, though the mustard seed is not the smallest seed in all of creation, it was used in rabbinic teaching to designate the smallest of seeds, smallest of things. In other words, you know, this was a a phrase, if you were to say, that was well known at that time, as small as a mustard seed. 
So Jesus is taking that up. Jesus is not getting into scientific statements over here about the seed being the smallest. <coughs> Fourthly, no other seed so small produced a large crop plant like this. Because they say the mustard seed plant can grow up to maybe 15 feet in height. And in just a few weeks, it may grow to around 10 to 12 feet as well. So here's a tiny seed, you know, and it grows up into this large shrub and at times even 12 to 15 feet high. So the point that Jesus was making is that, you know, just as a tiny seed will grow into the largest of garden for eating, feasting on these mustard black seeds. Now, Jesus anticipated the misconceptions that people will have about the kingdom of God. Because as soon as you think about the kingdom of God, God's kingdom, people think about, oh, it must be with a lot of fanfare. It must be with a lot of signs, wonders and miracles and things in the heavens and things like that. But Jesus is saying, hey, that's not what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is something that is so small. It starts off so small, but still it grows into something so much big. Now, <clears throat> think of the insignificant events that brought in the kingdom of God here on earth. A little out-of-the-way town of Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, <coughs> an animal's manger, an obscure carpenter and his young wife, a bunch of uneducated fishermen, a few loaves and a couple of fish, a rooster crowing, a tree that would someday become a cross, and a tomb with a stone rolled away. Now, these are all insignificant events, but gets the significance because of its attachment to the person it is associated with, even Jesus. Similarly, <clears throat> we may play very little part in the kingdom. We may say it's a very small part. But in association with what we do for the Lord, for his kingdom, that becomes much, much bigger. The parable of the mustard seed then is a lesson to us that huge things can happen as a result of a very small thing. So this evening, when you're looking into your life, don't think that, who am I? I'm just a nobody. I'm just a small person. Or what can I do? I can't do much. I can do only little. No, there's nothing little. As someone has said, little is much when God is in it. And that's what the mustard seed parable is teaching us all about. So this evening, you know, pull yourself up to recognize you have an important role to play in God's kingdom. Don't think little of you. That's what Paul wrote to Timothy and says, Hey, Timothy, you're a pastor of a church. You may think oh, you're a very young individual, but don't let anybody think little of you because you are young. But be an example. And as you and I take up that responsibility to say, Hey, look here, I can play a role in God's kingdom. It may be a small role, but I'm willing to do that. Then you find that that little, just as the little boy gives five loaves and two fishes, it multiplied and blessed many people. That is really the message of this parable. What are the proverbial uses of the mustard seed? The mustard seed was used frequently to describe anything that is small in its beginning. 
Remember, Jesus in two other passages of scripture spoke about faith as a mustard seed. Small faith, you know, that is what God is looking for. God is looking for a small faith in a big God. So what does the mustard seed symbolize? The mustard seed then symbolizes Jesus establishing his kingdom here on earth. The church, but it is growing. It is growing. It is growing. The Lord said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He selected 12 disciples. Then on the day of Pentecost, at the end of Jesus' ministry, there were only 120 people gathered in the upper room, which was the starting off of the church. But from there it multiplied, 3,000, 5,000, many more kept on being added, kept on being added. It started small. And they estimate that by AD 150, the Christian population was around 40,000. And by AD 200, the population had grown to 2,18,000. Multiplication, multiplication, multiplication. Even today, Christianity is growing all across the world. Now, what is the meaning of this parable? First of all, the kingdom of heaven will have a small beginning. It is going to start small. That is why when Jesus came here to Anath, People thought the Messiah should come as a king, riding, you know, uh, with a lot of you know, trumpets blowing, maybe with a lot of fanfare to say the Messiah has come. But when Jesus came to earth, he came as a little tiny baby, very small, very insignificant. But he accomplished the purpose for which he came into this world, to die on the cross for us. R.C. Trench in his notes on the parable says, the son of man grew up in a despised province. That's what people thought, isn't it? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He did not appear in public until his 30th year. 30 years, nobody knows anything. Three and a half years of ministry changed the world. Then taught for two to three years in neighboring villages. Then going to major towns, into that neighboring villages only. And occasionally at Jerusalem. Made a few converts, chiefly among the poor and unlearned. And then falling into the hands of his enemies, died the shameful death on the cross. Such and so slight was the start of, of the universal kingdom of God. But tremendous growth of God's kingdom would belie its humble beginnings. It started small. Jesus had to turn around to his disciples and people started to leave him and said, would you also leave me? And Peter responded, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And then Judas, one of them, betrayed. But the church was established on the day of Pentecost, only 120. But from that day onwards, because of the working of the powerful working of the Holy Spirit, the church expanded and expanded and expanded. 120 disciples grew over to 3,000 just in one day, and its growth has continued on. But you may look around and say, hey, but I hear so many churches you know, closing down in the West. I hear so many you know, people are going back on their faith. Maybe in the Western world, yes, some of those things may be happening. But if you notice in a lot of Asian countries, a lot of places, there's been a lot of people turning to the Lord. Christianity is on the move. And its growth is going to benefit the earth. When Jesus said, you know, 
the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. The Lord says it's the kingdom that can really satisfy the heart of a person. Jesus said, come unto me and I will give you rest. You know, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You will find rest. You will find rest. In this needy world, when people are having so many questions about the future, in our life after death, economy going down, wars and rumors of wars, and people are wondering what's going to happen next. You and I, who have the answer because of Jesus, the one who's in charge of history, if we are putting our trust in him, then we find that rest. And that's why people are turning to the Lord, even in the midst of all the turmoil around, because they recognize Jesus is the only person who can give them that peace and that rest in the midst of chaos and turmoil in the world. <laughs> now, what is the faith of a mustard seed that Jesus spoke about? In two passages of scripture, Jesus said in Luke 17 and verse 6, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Then in Matthew 17, 20, he said, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So in these two places, Jesus is likening the faith to a mustard seed. Basically saying, faith makes things happen, and it grows and spreads. Now remember, this is not faith in faith, but this is faith in a powerful God who makes things to happen. Have you ever been encouraged by God working in someone else's life? That is their faith spreading and growing just like the mustard. And their faith has planted seeds in your heart. You hear testimonies of people, how God changed their lives, how God is working in their lives. And when you hear about that, that faith is now multiplied and it is coming on to you, and it also encourages you in your faith. Have you ever faced a difficult situation and prayed your way through it? The act of praying and giving it to God is faith as a mustard seed. It is your response in, to God. On the other hand, you are also listening of what God has done in someone else's life, and as a result, your life is impact, Im, impacted. This is what it means about the growth of God's kingdom. But oftentimes, it is not the mulberry tree and the mountains that are outside that has to be removed. It is the mountains and the trees that are in our own heart that needs to be removed. Maybe the mountains of fear or the mountains of pride or the mountains of idolatry or unforgiveness. These are big mountains that are hindering us from seeing what God can do in our lives. So if you are open to the Lord and say, Lord, I believe I require only this much of faith. And I'm putting this much of faith in this big God who is saying nothing is going to be impossible. And as we put our trust in God, then we find these lessons from the parable of the mustard seed coming true. Number one, mustard seed faith is powerful. Mustard seed faith is powerful. The size of the mustard seed and the plant it grows into is significant. In the book of Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10, we find that the Jews returned to Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity. And when they began to re rebuild the temple, 
they looked at it and said, hey, this is nothing like the previous temple. And they, some began to be in joy because the temple was rebuilt. Some were sorrow because it was not like that. And Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10 tells us, who dares despise the day of small beginnings? Who dares despise the day of small beginnings? So Zechariah says, hey guys, you know, we have started. So don't be upset. You know, don't despise this day. It is a small beginning. But God has great things in store for us. So never give up. Never feel, hey, this is just little. But it is the small beginnings. It is from the seed that a plant and a tree grows. But if the seed is not sown at all, how do you expect the plant and the tree to grow? So whatever is the small, be willing to give to God and see what God can do with it. Secondly, allow God's kingdom to grow in your life. It is not just professing that you are a Christian, but allowing God to take charge of your life. That is what kingdom is all about. Kingdom means there is a king and there is a kingdom. God is our king. We are his subjects. And if we are his subjects, then we are learning to obey him every day. So it's an active living and a growing faith. And as we continue to read his word, spend time with him, then we find that God's kingdom or God's rule begins to grow in our lives. We are no longer saying this is my life, but we're saying, Lord, this is your life. And we are allowing God to run it for us. Thirdly, remember, you don't need a bucket full of faith. All you need is a little seed. All you need is a little seed. Hebrews 11:1 says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You don't need much faith. It is small faith in a big God. <laughs> Number four, your heart is the fertile ground for mustard seed faith to flourish. Oftentimes you are looking for a miracle from God, but you know, we put up our own walls. You know, we have our own selfish desires. You know, and we don't want to go through any suffering to receive what God has in store for us. Now those things have to be removed. And that is what soil being fertile is all about. It has to be soft soil. It has to be malleable soil. It has to be soil which is not rocky and thorny. It has to be soils which can be you know, moved by the hand of God, the potter, so that good crop can come out. Now, how can we grow a mustard seed faith? A couple of important practical steps. Number one, our walk with God is a choice, is a choice. Now, we choose what friends will get a piece of our free time. Whether we try hard at our job, we choose all the priorities in our lives. Our walk with God is also a choice. And it's a decision we make as to whether we care enough to make the effort it takes to get to know Him and to nurture a relationship with Him. The choice is ours. So if you're really saying, Lord, I want this little faith to grow. Yes, that's a choice you have to make. That's a choice of setting apart time. That's a choice of selecting how you're going to nurture that little faith. It's a choice that you have to make. A seed is sown, you have to water it. You have to nurture it. That's the choice that you have to make. So if you want the crop to come in, make sure you make the right choice. Secondly, a relationship can't grow 
without commitment. A relationship can't grow without commitment. If you want to be friends with a person and you never meet that person, never talk with that person, then you're not going to grow in that friendship, isn't it? It's as simple as that. But if you say God is your friend, then you have to spend time with him. You make up that choice. So you make it a choice to walk with God. That means treating him as a friend by talking to him often, asking him to help you, thanking him for what God is doing in your life, and constantly being mindful that he is around. Not just in the morning and evening, but right throughout the day. Make it a habit just to make quick prayers to God to say, thank you so much, Lord, that you are there with me. Be conscious of his presence. That is what nurturing a friendship is all about. Thirdly, how do you water your faith? For a crop, you need water, isn't it? <laughs> Prayer is what will help you in that. You know, Just as much as water sustains life, as we listen to God, now remember prayer is not just speaking, prayer is listening to God as well. And as we are willing to listen to what he has to say through his word and in our times with him, we find that we are able to understand what God wants of our lives. Oftentimes we are so busy with our lives that we don't have time to listen, isn't it? Even listen to people, even listen to family members, maybe. We say we are so busy. But when it comes to God, you have to make a choice to listen to Him. Listen to Him. Just be quiet before Him. At the start of the day, just be quiet before Him and say, Thank you, God, for this day that you have given me. This is the day that you have given me. Help me to know what you want me to do with this day. And listen to what He wants you to do. Don't just make a list and say, this is what I've already planned out. You know, Ask him what he wants of your life for that day. Number four, how do we add sunshine to a journey of faith? Just as much as we require water, plants also require sunshine, isn't it? Sunshine represents the positive influences we choose. Remember, the choice of our friends makes a difference. So if you have bad weather friends, if you have friends who are going to pull you away from God, that's not going to be helpful. You need friends who would be like-minded, who would help you to grow personally. Maybe come together for prayer and Bible study who will nurture you in your walk with God. Hold tight to these individuals because they are sunlight, if you were to say, which strengthen your stem and deepen your roots. Number five. Don't let your sprouting plant get choked out by weeds. Remember, we looked at the parable of the weeds. Weeds are the darkness, that doubt or the negative influences you know, that Satan may try and put into our minds. You say, Who are you? you know, you're just a nobody. Do you think anything good can happen? Do you think this is worthwhile what you are contributing? And you may try and put doubts into you. Don't allow that to choke your seed that has been sown. Cut out the negative influences, whether they are doubters who criticize you, you know, or your own doubts that surface up. Take it out. Number six, how do you feed your plant to sustain its growth? Definitely make prayer a habit. Definitely make sure you study the word because these are two important things that will help your seed to flourish. Think for a moment. You plant a seed, you have to water it, isn't it? 
if you don't water it, it's going to dry up. You have to water it. You have to nurture it. If there are weeds coming up, you have to take it out. And as you do that, then you will have the product of the fruits that will come in later on, or the vegetables or whatever that you have planted. It requires nurture. Similarly, our faith also requires nurture. Let me close with what can we learn about the kingdom of God from this parable. First of all, the kingdom of God is inauspicious, inauspicious. It did not start off with a big bang. Instead of a towering mountain or a mighty river or a majestic oak tree, Jesus compares the kingdom to a little tiny mustard seed. Jesus uses this image of something so small to teach us about something bigger than we can fully comprehend. Then verse 31 says, Jesus is it's not only as a mustard seed, but as a mustard seed that is planted in the ground. Okay? Now, when something is planted in the ground, what will happen? You are not even able to see it, you know, because it's been buried. But to make that sowing of the seed, it is God who begins to continue to work in the hearts of that person into whose life we have sown. And God is able to produce something beautiful out of it. As Jesus said, unless a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces a crop. So the seed is sown. You don't see it, you know. But the Lord says he's at work. So let's be faithful. The kingdom of God is inauspicious. You don't see how God is at work. Looking back into your own life, think for a moment of how you came to know the Lord. You know, somebody sowed the seed somewhere. Somebody else watered it. And someone finally you made a commitment. God does his work. So let's never think only of doing big things. Let's be willing to do the insignificant things that God is asking us to do. Remember, Jesus took a boy's small lunch and used it to miraculously feed 5,000. God took a small family to build an ark for the flood that was coming. God used a forgotten man named Moses who lived in the wilderness to lead God's people out of slavery. God used a young boy, David, with a slingshot to defeat Goliath. And little baby Jesus was born in a stable to save the world. Despise the small beginnings. Don't say this is too small I can do for God. Be willing to give that little that you can. Whether it's the time that God has given to you, whether it's the talents that God has given to you, whether it's the treasure that God has given to you, nothing is too small as we are willing to invest it in God's kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Secondly, the kingdom of God is growing, is growing. <coughs> he says it is the smallest, but it becomes the largest. One gram, only seven, and around 750 seeds but then it grows up to a height of around 15 feet. Think for a moment. Look at David. He was a mustard seed faith, isn't it? He was the youngest son in a family of eight boys. He was ignored and given the job no one else in the family wanted, taking care of the sheep. And God took the mustard seed, little boy David, and made a giant killing king out of his life. Consider Gideon. 
He was also a mustard seed faith guy. He was from the smallest family in the smallest tribe in the nation of Israel. But God took Gideon and used him as a great military leader. And the same is the truth for you and me. In the great scheme of things, you and I are just little mustard seeds. We are tiny, okay? We are tiny. Most people on this planet Earth may never know our names, but God has decided to save us, fill us, give us a new heart, a new mind, a new purpose, and a new direction. And you and I can be used to bless many people for God's glory and His kingdom. So don't focus on the size. Focus on the size of the God who can use you. And remember, remember everywhere the kingdom, uh, the seed has been sown, the kingdom of God has been sown, it has brought an impact, isn't it? It has changed society, it's changed social norms, it has benefited people, and God is still willing to do this all over the world. Thirdly, the kingdom of God is influential. Influential. It touches other lives as you grow. You are able to be influencers. Today we speak about this phrase, and so and so is an influencer. He is impacting someone else's life by what he is doing. Remember, just as a child has to learn numbers, then learn to count, then learn how to do simple maths before going to fractions, divisions, algebra, calculus, and trigonometry. Similarly, process in God's kingdom. Start with your ABC, start with your one, two, three, but don't st get stuck up there. Give yourself to God. Get into complicated kind of fractions, if you were to say, and see what God can do through your life. As you study his word, as you are willing to make that little seed sowing, you know, God is going to multiply that. Think of the little conversations that you can share with someone, what God has done in your life, which can make an impact. Maybe you're keeping back, you know, maybe you're saying, you know, what, what will my chat do? What will my sharing my testimony do? No, no. That little conversation about what God is doing currently in your life can be a blessing to that individual and to many others as well. Or maybe the prayer that you are praying for your friend can be through which you know, can be removed. You know. So don't give up praying for your friends. Or maybe the small act of generosity, you know, because you care for that person in need, you have done it for showing God's love to that person. Be willing to do that small act so that that person could be helped through that difficult crisis. Remember, small things become big things. What seems insignificant is truly significant. What most people would overlook, God is going to use. And that is what the kingdom of God is like. And that is what the mustard seed faith is all about. So let me encourage you this evening, pick up. God, what is that little thing you want me to do? Maybe the conversation, maybe the giving, you know, maybe the prayer. God, show me what the little thing that I can do. And as you are faithful in doing that, you will see God multiplying that and using you for his kingdom. Let's bow our heads in prayer together.